post-colonial space. I'm Masood Raja, and by the opening music, you already know that this is not one of my educational videos, even though there will be something educational in it. This is one of my political commentaries, and today I want to talk about President Donald Trump's pardon of four convicted war criminals, Paul Slow, even Liberty, Dustin Hurd, and Nicholas Slatton. These were the four Blackwater guards who in 2007, through their indiscriminate shooting, killed Iraqi civilians, including women and children. Now, it took a long time to prosecute them. A lot of effort, the cases kept getting dropped, but finally, justice was served, and these four murderers, contractors who were working in Iraq at that time, were finally convicted and sent to jail, which had huge ramifications for United States presence in the world. You know, it sent a message to the Iraqis in particular, but also everywhere else in the world that if Americans, while performing their duties, especially the contractors, the mercenaries, did something illegal or atrocious that they will at least be held accountable. And by this single act of pardoning them, what Mr. Trump has proven yet again to a skeptical world is that when it comes to human lives, maybe the American politicians and leaders, and I don't know, maybe the American people don't really care much for lives of others especially lives of people in war zones, if they are not Americans. And I think that's really a sad thing for America, for its standing in the world, and for its foreign policy. Now, I am not an indiscriminate critic of U.S. foreign policy. Every time I criticize United States, I always try to highlight and point out, you know, the humanity and decencies of millions of Americans. But this act by this outgoing president who has already lost the election is a dangerous act. It's a tragic act because what it says to the world is that when it comes to us and our political interests, we will even pardon those who have been convicted of committing war crimes in a U.S. court. And I think that is really sad. And this will resonate heavily and highly in Iraq. Of course, you know, news are already coming out from the family members of those who had lost their children in that shootout. But also this will become a recruiting slogan or recruiting event for all the terroristic and fundamentalist organizations in the world. Because, I mean, how do people recruit people to go against U.S. interest or to fight against America is by positing or showing a certain image of America in which America is unjust, it promotes wars, it promotes wars of aggression, all the list of atrocities associated with the United States and its foreign policy is mobilized 
to create a human subjectivity or a collective of human subjectivities who would actually fight America. I did a, quite a detailed analysis of it in my book on ISIS, and you're free to read it. But this is one of those instances which becomes larger than what it is, right? First of all, it is an unjust act of forgiving murderers, right? Murderers who were convincingly convicted. But then these four faces become the poster boys of any recruitment strategy in the world against the United States. personal level, you know, as a scholar of post-colonial studies, scholar who writes against power, petty and large, this makes our job harder. I mean, already when we are trying to share with people that there is, you know, something decent and caring about America, we have to first get through U.S. involvement in Yemen where because of their support of the Saudi regime, millions of people have starved, thousands have died. Now, I'm not excusing the rebels for their actions, but in the lopsidedness of that conflict, Saudi Arabia is perpetrating all those atrocities and is being supported by the United States, there is no doubt. So there is no way people like me can go and talk to someone in Pakistan and say, let's overlook that. Then is the American betrayal of the Kurds in Syria, right? These were the people who fought alongside United States troops. And what Mr. Trump did was by withdrawing U.S. troops from Syria, he left those, those Kurds to be attacked by Turkey and others. That's a, that is an abandonment of an ally that fought with you in your war. And now this, pardoning four convicted mass killers of civilians in a conflict zone. You know, there is no rational reason behind it. There is no justification for it. There should be no justification for it. But Mr. Trump has done it. Now, we always take the easy route and, you know, tell ourselves, oh, Trump did this, Trump did that. Trump is not a single person, right? There is a constituency behind it. There was lobbying to get these people pardoned. Someone prepared a piece of paper or a detailed document to be put in front of someone in front of Mr. Trump. Someone made a call. Maybe Eric Prince made a call. I don't know. But how did these four convicted killers get on a pardon list and then eventually get a pardon from the President of the United States is the question that we need to pose and the question that we need to answer. And it says something about the America in which we live. Okay, yes, you know, it's politics. Yes, America is still an unfinished project. Yes, I know that. There are so many other problems, of course, the problem of race, the problem of increasing hostility towards minorities, towards African Americans, towards women. All of that came to fore during these four years of President Trump. But by pardoning these four convicted killers, what Trump has then sanctioned in the world is this view of America 
where people would argue with you that Americans don't care for lives of others, especially for lives of Arabs and Muslims. And this act kind of proves that. This act also proves that that that, that the American system of presidency can sometimes be so capricious that that a president would do things that probably are not even in his own self-interest, but also never in the interest of United States. But overall, you know, this is a sad day for me as a scholar. Now, I am not an apologist for America. I, I am not an uncritical supporter of American foreign policy. I'm a critic of American foreign policy. But what I've always tried to do and still will do is that I don't do a monolithic, uncomplicated critique of American foreign policy because I think I owe it to those Americans who are decent, who are humane, who are compassionate. And there are millions of them, right? And, and quite a few of them are my students, my friends, my family members in America. So I may, I've made it a mission to never generalize America in that sense. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I owe my critical loyalty to United States of America. I will never owe my critical loyalty to any state or any institution. I will always reserve my right to point out what is wrong. Right? And this is one of those moments for me where I would like to say to Mr. Trump, to his supporters, and to America, a simple thing is that when you pardon those contractors, Americans, who were convicted of murdering innocent civilians in a war zone, it's not a single act. It's not a Trump act. It's America itself openly representing itself and sending a message. And if this is the message that we are sending out into the world, then that takes away from America any chance at claiming, you know, moral leadership of the world or political leadership of the world or claiming to be better than others. All these narratives of self-presentation that American individuals as well as politicians use. So this act, one of the many from Mr. Trump or from GOP, brings to crisis the very idea of America or how America would like to be viewed in the world, how America would like to be received. And that is what I think everyone, American or not, should keep in mind and we should never forget this and we should remember these four criminals and the acts that they committed so that history doesn't forgive them even though Mr. Trump did. That is all from me. Thank you so much for being a part of my life and thank you so much for your time. Please take care of yourselves as always. Peace and love.